All right. Hi, my name is Shane Brody. I've been traveling around the country talking to trans uh, people of various sorts, uh, transgender, uh, non-binary, intersex also, intersex people, uh, gender non-conforming people, some allies, and also uh, parents, which is kind of kind of cool. And uh, right now we're in Texas, and um, I'm going to hand it over to my guests here, and they're going to introduce themselves uh, in the way that, that, they, that they want to. All right, my name is George, and my pronouns are he, him, and um, let's see, we are here in Houston, yeah, um, and I am a teacher, a parent, uh, have a great uh, family, so yeah, yeah. You, it, I noticed that this um, this house that you're in is very lively and full of people. <laughs> Yes, yes, yeah. it is. Yes. It seems like you have a, maybe, do you do a lot of entertaining here? Oh like my God, po- yes. people over? Yeah. Parties. Mm-hmm. All, we are the party house. Yeah. yeah. Ever since, even before I lived here, I love hosting parties. I like seeing people come yeah. together. Yeah. And uh, between me and my husband and our moms, we have just this enormous circle of friends. Okay that you know and we love having them all over yeah Yeah. and then beyond that too you have also uh brought together brought together the sort of the trans masculine community Mm -hmm. which is another form of of yeah of what you're doing you know you start with your house and then you're also doing it with the community so let's just jump right into that uh what is this group that you um keep reforming we talked about (laughs) this a little bit (laughs) okay so uh it all started (laughs) it all started in uh 1999 um there there was an organization uh called htga it stood for uh, it was either helping transgenders anonymous or Houston transgender anonymous. I, I don't recall. By the um, way, uh, when did you start transitioning? Oh, uh, l- let's see. The summer after my freshman year of college, which was 1999, okay. uh, is when I, I started. I got into the community and I'd lived a double life until 2003 when I started medically and uh, medically transitioning mm-hmm. and legally. So and we're about that. the same. So, I, I started yeah. in, the, in the late nineties as well and started mm-hmm. taking testosterone in 2000. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, well, what happened is that we had a meeting. Uh, it, well, HTGA met every, um, every Monday night. And there was me and like two other trans guys and it was all trans women. Well, we had, we never had any opportunity to talk about anything that dealt with, with us. Right. And there was a meeting one night that was about, about shoes. Were these large meetings, like 20 people, something like that? Sometimes they could get up to about 30. Oh, wow. Yeah. They were, they were very, very well attended. Well, Houston is a big city. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And so it was one night that the meeting topic, somehow it was on shoes, like women's shoes. And we were very, uh, me and the two other guys were just very much like, what is this? What we have nothing to control tribute to mm. this topic and we're all just kind of staring at each other right and uh and nobody noticed this 
No, because okay. they were so excited about the shoes. Okay. And so it, it was this guy named Sandy, mm-hmm. and it was this guy named, uh, well, he, he changed his name to Kevin, but at that time, he, he went by Carl. So anyway, we were just staring at each other, and then later on, started talking about this, what if there was a group for just trans men? Mm-hmm. And... Then that's how, and there was another guy named Troy that had a similar idea. Uh, what if there was a group for trans men? So we started talking and then that's how this group got formed. Some transgenders are guys. Okay, and the, great. Yeah, Stag. And the name was, awesome. it, it was just kind of a joke. Yeah, yeah. the name. No, I love so, that. I love that when jokes, when it, when uh, these acronyms are kind of jokes. I love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's so fun. Our, it's very queer. Oh, yeah. yeah. And our, our logo was, it was like this deer head with a rainbow background. And it was just something, it was just like, well, that's kind of funny. Yeah. And and there we yep. go. So the original intent of the group, it was, speci- <laughs> this was uh, back before people talked about non-binary and people yes. knew what non-binary, yeah. well, I mean, you Some know, people were talking about genderqueer. Yeah, I think that way. was the term was yes. g- genderqueer. Right. And, uh, but, uh, so the group specifically, it said it was for people who were transitioning from female to male. And this was when there was a very um rigid definition of what it was to be a transgender person right. we had the the harry benjamin standards mm-hmm. of care yeah you you this know before your... informed consent yeah exactly yeah. and so you you had you had the checklist there was an actual pamphlet yeah. i remember that circulated in the community and it had the checklist you know social transition and then the medical and then you did this and then if you were uh, dating women, but, or, or what was it? Um, your goal was to be a perceived as a cisgender heterosexual person right. is what you were supposed to right. be. Cause they actually had rules about yeah uh, uh, if you were going to transition to being homosexual, uh, queer, whatever, mm-hmm. gay, that, uh, you couldn't, they would put up roadblocks yeah. about that. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, you know, if like me, I would have to be uh, married to a woman yeah. if I. Yeah. Well, it's know, interesting there. because, I mean, you'd think that uh, being gay would be like kind of passe or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, but they were really adamant about it. And um, yeah, yeah, it was really painful. It made it made it so that people had to lie. Oh, yeah. Who they oh, were. yeah. Well, and that's one of the sad things is that. Stag, when it started, it was very, very much for people who were transitioning, who were, their goal was to be uh, just stealth, pass. And one of I remember those days. Yeah. I remember it. um, And the sad thing about it was that one of the original uh, founders, you know, it was uh, me, Troy, uh, Troy was the the main one, Mm. and Sandy and Carl, uh, uh, one of them uh, ended up, he would be by today's standards or whatever, non-binary. Okay. But the problem was that even though he was one of the founders of the group, he created a group that excluded him, even oh. though at the time he didn't realize it. Wow. And wow. so, uh, so well, that's, what's great about change though. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. and unfortunately though, for him, uh, he's, you know, wasn't, uh, he left and, and I don't, I don't know whatever happened mm. to him. It was very sad. Um, 
But anyway, so with Stag, it it started and we had lots of, uh, you know, meetings and gatherings and social yeah. events. Uh, it So it's more than a just a, a, a support group. It was like yeah. a social group. Yeah, definitely. It was right. a social group, which right. is what really made it stand out yeah. from any other group. We yeah. were we were a social group. That's right. And so as time went on, more Trans, transgender and I'm gonna say female to male transgender people because yeah. that's what that's what the language the, of the, the time. language yeah yeah and so more and more were showing up and they were coming out of the woodwork and I said I I thought I was like uh, our original group was the only ones right so they started showing up and it was great and the uh you know we we had a big standing you, in the community did you find that there was more variety of people coming as well like there was uh, an opening up of gender within this community well yes in that we started to have people like myself who identified as gay men right and so right. uh so and maybe not hyper masculine yeah or, exactly yeah. um and but the group kind of at the heart of it was this like not I don't want to say hyper or toxic it wasn't like that but it was very much it was very manly manly you know and I've certainly come across toxic and hyper masculine though mm -hmm. and and the group that I was somewhat involved with at the time was like that yeah it's almost like they took the worst of like um (laughs) and I'm sorry if this is offensive to anybody but like the worst butch dyke aspects like there's some mm-hmm. low absolute loveliness to being a butch dyke yeah but they took some of the the worst character traits of that yes and yes. brought it to being men and and that expression is men was kind of awful yeah yeah because it, you know it's just it was very awkward and yeah. uh lots of gatekeeping within it oh yes it. yes and yeah. that if you didn't if you weren't angry and aggressive yes. and you couldn't and smile you couldn't smile you, know, you yeah. know you had to dress a certain way yes. and you had to have with, your your masculine name too yeah you know and some people just weren't there yeah you know yeah, and so as time went on, uh, I got exposed because uh, there was a period of time that I lived in Chicago, which was just so interesting. I was exposed to people who were uh, F to M yeah. and identified as male, but either didn't have top surgery, didn't go on hormones. Yeah. Yeah. They were very uh, soft and yeah. feminine, right? but they it was identified. Almost, it was almost revolutionary at the yeah, time. Yeah, 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 just to see someone who identified as female to male yeah. or, you know, they, they identified very much identified as a man, but this is the way they presented their body right. and their person and, and the way they the spoke. The expression. Yeah, the expression, yeah. yeah. And so it was just such a, a wow, that's different. And so yeah. when I came back to Houston... And, uh, and while I was gone, someone else was, uh, the president of stag at that point. It was this Mm -hmm. guy named Sandy. Um, and don't let me forget, we got to come back to Sandy. Mm -hmm. Um, I came back and I had these ideas and I, I said, well, we need to open stag up because there's obviously you can be a, a man, but not be what we say a man should be okay. and so so that couldn't happen within stag 
you had to kind of yeah. reform the group. Okay. Yeah, it, that's it interesting. Took me leaving because for my experience a year. was uh, at the time we're talking about kind of the same time period is that there was a group and they exclude they just excluded mm-hmm. you know so yeah different it, places are different though yeah it's yeah. never that we never excluded we never told anyone they mm. couldn't be part of us but mm. it's just that uh there was this kind of expectation and everybody just sort of if they showed up and they were different then they just they wanted so much to be part of our club yeah. that that they just conformed themselves to be what we wanted mm. them to be and so when uh, when I came back to Houston, I was only gone about a year and I came back and had these revolutionary ideas and it was so cool because then the group started to expand more and I was able to be more comfortable as a gay man who slightly effeminate gay man and I didn't feel that I had to pretend within my own group yeah so it's very weird and uh very cool and i think that allows people to relax too oh yeah i mean we we all have so much pressure so when we're doing this sort of policing of what you know our Mm -hmm. if we're fabulous or if we move our hands or whatever it is you know if we clip our beards like you clip it really Mm -hmm. nicely you know i have a more scruffy look to myself but i don't think of myself as particularly masculine or butch yeah, or anything, yeah. you know internally and um, so for me when those things started to relax a little bit you know um i felt relaxed in yeah. myself mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it just makes it more fun well it does and uh the reason you know i i mentioned sandy yeah. is Sandy was, uh, I, I kind of joke that... Is this one of the leaders of the group? Yeah, one okay. of the original founders. Right. Um, Sandy was a grizzled old man from birth, okay. is what, what I have. I, I saw pictures of Sandy when he was a young girl, like a child. Yeah. And he looked like an elderly man. Yeah. Um, I any, know somebody like that in Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah. They, anybody they're, who... They're in a union, and they, they're like, um, I forget what, what union they're in, but they they sent in their union photo for their card or something mm-hmm. with female gender on it. And they sent it back and said that there was a mistake. Oh, nice. <laughs> and nice. They, this person had never been on hormones or anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, you know, some people, they can do well that yes. way. But uh, Sandy was one of the proponents okay. of hypermasculinity. Okay. And because he was my friend, mm. it was, uh, even though he was, he was um, in his late fifties, early sixties when okay. I met him and I was in my early twenties, mm-hmm. Sandy was an elder within the community. He is somebody that I respected so much and I wanted to, uh, I wanted to make Sandy happy in a Mm -hmm. way because he was when I thought of masculine manly what what I saw as a a respectable man that I saw Sandy that's Mm -hmm. what it was Mm -hmm. and Sandy was very uh very masculine uh very gentle and sweet but he was very masculine and he had, you know, it was it was a long conversation for us to for, for when I brought these ideas back about 
not having to uh, about the the trans men that I met in Chicago, you know, yeah. and then bringing that back. It would be and, hard because to to as an older person to listen yeah. to that as well because you were probably what half his age. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah like a third his age. Right. Yeah, and so so it was really. Uh, you know, getting Sandy on board with this. And um, I think if Sandy were still alive, this would, he would be really happy with what, I, I think he would be um, kind of, how would you say, like tickled at seeing okay. all the, the the variations. And I think that he would well, be able some to ways, explore. He's, he's the father of it. Yeah, no, that's yeah. what we called him, actually. Right. In fact, in his obituary, we said he was the father of Houston's trans-masculine community. That's lovely. I yeah, love yeah, such a such a fun... We had just such a great memorial service for him. It was so happy yep. and, you know, coming together to share those memories of Sandy. So... Yeah, and also, you know... Um, as much as uh, we all like to rebel, we're also a product of our time. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yes. So people now have, um, well, I, we're regressing per- currently in the last few years, but uh, we, in general, we have a lot more freedom mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. to express ourselves. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and so with Stag, now yeah. then, how we became Be Free was, yeah. okay, so in... I have a little map on yeah, this, the, by the way. Yes, yes. This to this to this. Yes. So <laughs> we, uh, we, we had a, uh, over the years, uh, I was leading the group, and then we had this uh, one really awesome guy named Colt, who, he's a doctor now. Okay. Uh, a real cool guy. Like an MD. Um, yeah, an MD. Well, MD and PhD, okay. and he's he's so just, he's a researcher. Um, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, and so uh, he was leading the group, and then we had another friend that was leading the group. Just we we rotated on and off. Yeah, well, and, that's good. I I actually appreciate groups like that where it oh, yeah. shares mm-hmm. leadership or it cycles like that because when it's just one person, sometimes if there's conflict. And that person is involved that can um, keep people from the group or it Mm -hmm. becomes gatekeeping again. Yeah, or it becomes their group. Exactly. Like this is George's group. Exactly. Um, Even even if they're well-meaning, it can mm -hmm. be a problem. That's true. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was that we had a house. Uh, It was like a community center that the transgender meet, the the support meetings would take place in. Was this an LGBT center or uh, just specifically transgender? Nice. Yeah. Yeah, It was just for us. Seattle also had, uh, when I was there, uh, the Ingersoll Gender Center. Yeah. 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 Do you know that place? Uh, A little bit. By name. Uh, Yeah. By name. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So. Uh, so that's what we, we had this place where we would meet. And then after a few years, uh, they had to, they had to close. It was a funding issue. And so then Stag moved and was meeting at my house because Mm. it it was so important. That's brave of you. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was just, and it was hard, you know, and bringing all these people in. And, uh, even though I like to host, it was, it was different yes. to to bring this this support group in yes so we did that for a while and then i i went to a, a friend of mine and, and this is you know just how things come full circle in these weird ways 
I had a friend named Kennedy who is the uh, chief development officer at the Montrose Center here in Houston. Okay. Now, Kennedy and I went back, we went to college together and we knew each other when we were like 18, 19 years old. And he looked, you know, like an 18, 19 year old. And then I was a girl. And so I was looking at something and I saw the name because uh, he, he, you know, the name, like not many people are named Kennedy. And then I thought, let me, let me go to the Montrose Center and just kind of go slide on up there and meet this guy. <laughs> and so he, uh, didn't recognize like he recognized my face but he didn't yeah. and then he's he totally looks different he, he looks he looks like you know a 40 year old now and we were looking at each other and i was like oh my god and we we got back you know uh, uh started being friends and then he offered um a space at the Montrose Center oh, great. for Stag to meet. Great. And that's And for people who don't know, the Montrose Lower Westheimer area is the gay neighborhood. Yes. Yeah. The neighborhood. Yeah. Yes. The Montrose area. Mm -hmm. And so uh so it was just so cool to see him and then we had the space. So the group we had decided to rename ourselves Be Free. Okay. And we had a similar... That's a, such a generic name. Yeah, it, it definitely <laughs> it is. Actually, the name came off of this logo that I found online. It, it was this um, clip art kind of uh, of a stag head or a deer head or something. And it said, be free. And I said, that looks really cool. So that's going to be our logo. And that's going to be the name. And the, it, was, it was just a, a name of convenience. Sure. And it sounded cool. Sure, sure. So... When the pan and it's not stag anymore. No, it is not stag anymore. <laughs> it at at this point it was be free. And then what was just so uh, uh, I I think was really really interesting and and just speaks to uh, our desire to keep the community together is that when the pandemic hit, be free was the only group in Houston that survived that continuously still met oh. week after week after week. We met on in Zoom. Person? No, okay. no, we met oh, on Zoom. Okay. <laughs> all on Zoom. Right. And we even from the very beginning, we never missed a single meeting. Wow, Our attendance great. stayed yeah. the same. I gotta and... say that's really important, right? Yeah. Because mm -hmm. for some people having that contact is the only contact they have. Yeah. 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 So be free is one of two uh, transgender support meetings that survived the pandemic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, up in uh, Alaska, we had also a group um, that was doing Zoom meetings. I wish I could have actually attended more, but um, I didn't have the technology to actually mm -hmm. uh, um, meet because in Alaska, the... Um, Wi-Fi and internet service is kind of spotty. Yeah. Um, there were also some other problems, but I won't mm -hmm. get into that. <laughs> well, <laughs> it has to do with gatekeeping. But um, with, with, I wanted to bring up Ingersoll Gender Center too, because um, that consistency mm -hmm. of meetings is really important. Yes. And I, t I actually talked to Marsha Botzer, who uh, runs Ingersoll, uh, and she'd been running it for a very long time, for decades. And they had had consistent meetings like, many 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 over decades and it was really important she said because um 
because people are so isolated, mm-hmm. you know, and they they really need that consistency of, yeah. oh, there's a meeting I can go to tonight mm-hmm. where I can be around some other trans people. Yeah. 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 And, and it was us and a group that I believe they're called uh, Transgender Friends mm. or... or um, it used to be called the Wednesday night group, okay. but I, I don't, I think it's transgender friends, but it's a relatively new group. Okay. But as far as the, so it the, started right before COVID uh, a couple of years before. Okay. And, uh, but as far as the long lasting ones, uh, we are the only one yeah. of the, the ones that go way back. Yeah. That I heard continued. that a lot of gay bars went under during COVID too. They, yeah. Well, you know, a lot of, bars and businesses in general you yeah. know uh from money and so yeah. so that was hard but it, it kind of um I, I mean it's it's terrible that we have this history in a way but that is connected with alcohol and and whatnot mm-hmm. but yeah i'm newly sober so that's a sore spot for mm-hmm, me mm-hmm. but um you know gay bars or what we call gay bars i guess they're, they're called something else now lgbt bars but um, oftentimes in other places, I don't know what they're called here, but gay bars. <laughs> okay, well, up in like New Hampshire, since there aren't that many, they call them mm-hmm. LGBT bars. Okay, so it's different. But um, uh, they're they're like they're like their own community centers mm-hmm. where people historically have met. You yeah. Know? Yeah, because yeah. that's where we could meet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and then, so just getting back to Be Free, okay. how Be Free then became Transmasculine Alliance Houston. Okay. And that's the current incarnation. Yes. Okay. So how Transmasculine Alliance Houston got started is that this, so we were coming out of the pandemic and starting things were starting to open up. And we could start having meetings in person. And I was thinking about Be Free and where I wanted to go with this. And I was thinking back to the days of STAG and back to pre-pandemic and, you know, just kind of thinking about where... So you're coming out of the pandemic and you're thinking about reforming the group again. Yeah. Or, or, you know, and and learning from any mistakes that had been made along the way, uh, thinking about what can we really do? What What are some great things to do? What mistakes and then what great things? Yeah. Well, uh, like when we were uh, be free, but... but before the pandemic, yeah. uh, we had turned into almost exclusively a social group okay. with no support type meetings. Sure. And it was a lot of fun. But then during the pandemic, when it was exclusively support type, mm-hmm. I had some of the members approach me and said they didn't want to just go to a social club. They mm-hmm. wanted a support group. Right, so right. I started thinking about that and said, well, if be free is going to go back to its roots of uh, uh, the you know back when it was called stag uh about being social and support well yeah. we we need to figure out how to do that and i also thought i'm one person i can't like what you said earlier about when you you are the leader yes. then it becomes your group yeah. so, also there's burnout that happens yeah yeah there's um you know you only have the ideas and perspective that you have mm-hmm. right and then mm-hmm. other people can come in and offer their perspective yes right exactly yeah. and so i started thinking about all that and that's when 
very fortunately just it was serendipity that we had somebody came in Mm -hmm. from chicago who had all these great just amazing ideas and uh a lot of them came from transmasculine alliance of chicago great great and so when uh this person and i and then later a third person we started talking about it and i said I, I really like the TMAC model. What should we do for Houston? And we went the most convenient route and said, well, let's call it Transmasculine Alliance Houston. Why not? T-Mac. Why not? Yeah. And sure. so we we looked at their model and their website and their, fa- their social media. We looked at their mission statement yeah. and how it is for anybody who is assigned female at birth, but identifies as transmasculine, queer, non-binary, uh, or, or F to M or mm-hmm. male. And, uh, basically anyone assigned female at birth who does not identify as female. Yes. And suddenly we had all kinds of people joining this group. Oh, that's great. And I said, I, I mean, it, people with identities that I didn't even know yeah, could be know. an identity. So I'm lear- through this just... through this project, I'm learning that as well. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Yeah, just so cool. And tra- uh, transmasculine. We're people. now the old men. I know. <laughs> I am the Sandy. Yes, exactly. I actually had somebody describe me as a gay trampa, <laughs> okay. and I was like, I, I mean, I, I don't know how to feel about this. So, yeah, I actually don't like that word trampa because it comes from buck angel (laughs) oh my god yes yes yes. okay yeah Yeah, i I didn't realize that but i still think it sounds kind of cute yeah yeah. trampa (laughs) but uh but so that's where that's where we're at now and then what what is so cool about tima is that because we we worked with the montrose center Mm -hmm. in their nonprofit incubator program and uh again that was uh you know, Kennedy got me involved in that. Mm-hmm. And so we have been able to raise a lot of money for okay. top surgery okay. uh, members to So you're using their um, legal classification as kind yeah. of an umbrella. Oh, great. Yeah. Great. And their help, now that we have a, a board of mm. five people and we have a better understanding of how this works, yeah. they are uh, going to be assisting us in becoming our own uh, our own uh, you know mini- miniature nonprofit. Yeah. I, I don't ever see Tima as being this huge thing uh, who, but who knows I mean it doesn't need to be know. as long as it serves its community it, exactly yeah, as yeah. long as we we do what we need to do then yeah. then that's that's what it is and we have this top surgery fund and right. which I mean because that's like <clears throat> so uh, so many people can't get that because yeah. it's expensive. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I remember back when I financially was having a hard time and how being able to get that surgery was so important. Oh, yes. And I would never it's want... such a safety thing, too. Oh, yeah. Especially if you have hair coming in. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. And then you have, you know, your... Yeah. your big chest you know well then what do you do there so uh and it's just so freeing to to have that surgery so we wanted to do what we can do to help in any way Mm -hmm. and uh and it it again you know it's just so much it's just serendipity here that it was this organization called Aresis, which is um, Empire of the Royal hold on E-R-S Empire of the Royal 
something okay. of the is imperial this, star. Is this the, um, uh, the court system? Yeah, the yeah, that, okay. yeah, that one. Uh, it's like a, it's like a gay drag. Um, some of it isn't drag, but some of it, it it's a court system, and people do a lot of um, community work and uh, charity work and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's yeah. what it, it's, it's, a it's, good, good it's organization. for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That every year uh, they elect a new emperor and mm-hmm. empress and right. they they have to, uh, they fundraise for a specific exactly. organization. Exactly. And uh, the most recent empress, Ivana Cupcake, she was uh, <laughs> Empress 37. Love it. Love it. And she contacted me about this and said, this sounds really cool. Yeah. What can, you know, I want to pick y'all. Yeah. And, and so, so Sometimes there's a little, um, uh, not exactly enmity, but a little bit of a rub between um, drag and trans communities, just Uh ever so slightly. So that's a really great thing to bring them together. Yes, exactly. And that's, you know, a lot of the the TMA members were going to the Aresis drag Mm, shows and going and supporting this. And it it opened up this whole world that so many of us didn't even know existed. Yeah, I, I had right. heard of a recess, but I didn't know the depth of it. Yeah. And it wasn't until, uh, you know, I had gone with some people to their, uh, coron- one of their coronation mm-hmm, events mm-hmm. and was just like, this i don't even know what to say yeah it's even up in alaska like yeah yeah. all this stuff it's all over yeah yeah Yeah, in different Mm -hmm. different countries and um we had an event uh the event where a team i got uh awarded our our check from ivana's uh uh, from her reign and we were looking around yeah yeah you had people from all over the world Mm -hmm. here at this event and just so so cool just wow yeah up in fairbanks they would bring um sort of drag luminaries up from the lower 48 Mm -hmm. because there's there's not a lot of that up in alaska yeah yeah so they would bring them up and and uh it would always be a really good time and you know uh raising a lot of funds Mm -hmm. yeah in a community that doesn't have a lot of it Mm -hmm. yeah 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 that's great and and two, uh, it's so great to that helping others builds community. Yeah, because that's where I, that. uh, I remember, uh, and and you can find this on my Facebook page, sure. my my profile picture mm-hmm. is me and <clears throat> uh, Jackie Thorne, who is uh, a very well in her heyday was a very prominent member of Houston's drag and transgender okay, community. Great, great. And um, anyway, and so with Jackie, uh, Jackie made was at an event one time and made a statement that that I've all has always stuck with me. Jackie said, "If you don't care." about getting credit or or if your goal is is not to receive credit personal Mm -hmm. accolades then you can accomplish anything you can accomplish so much more if you're just not you know you're not in it for your own own name yeah and for me being uh i I guess I'm considered a leader in the or a visible figure in the trans masculine community that my happiness from this comes out of when I see people get top surgery, when I see people mm. uh, grow, and yeah. uh, that's what why I do it. And when I I saw Jackie at an Aresis event, 
a few months ago and ran up and was just, you know, and, and, and Jackie is, uh, you know, much older now of poor health. And I just said, I have to get this picture with you. And I, <laughs> yeah. I said, look, I, you know, you said this thing to me mm-hmm. about 20 years ago. Yep. And that is my, uh, has, has stuck with me and is, uh, just one of my, my, you know, things, uh, driving, uh, uh, philosophies yeah. of, of being a volunteer and doing yeah, it's what a good I do. one because I mean when some people are going after their own glory it takes a it take it actually takes energy to do that yeah like, for instance those people online that are like look at me I'm giving a homeless person twenty dollars look at me I'm I'm photographing it at the same time aren't I a good person yeah whenever I see those people or anything like that I just am tur- I'm turned off. That's a red, yeah. that's a red flag to me. Yeah, it's yeah. just you you do good you do good things because that's the right thing yeah. to do. There's you know? there's a need for it. Mm-hmm. Fill, try and fill the need. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. exactly. That's uh, I I'm very much involved in Boy Scouts, and one mm. of the mottos uh, or the motto is "Do a good turn daily." Mm. And so I always ask myself, what good turn have I done today and what need did I see and do what I can to help without you know worrying about did anybody see me do this thing you know whatever speaking of that speaking of that um you're uh what I'm understanding a religious person Mm -hmm. uh does some of this uh mesh up with your being a religious person oh 100 percent right yeah you know that that um uh, and it shows that I, I don't, I can't quote scripture like, like my oh, husband can. I, but... I have a master of theolo- theological studies and I can't either. So okay. <laughs> I yeah. just, our brains just work differently. Oh yeah. True. Yeah. True. <laughs> but, but you know about the, uh, who, who is it? The, the ones that, uh, when they go off to pray and Jesus says, well, when you go off to pray, don't, don't make yourself or when you go off to fast or, or whatever, mm-hmm. don't you know, rip up your clothes and wear your sackcloth and mm-hmm. cover yourself in ashes where, you know, everybody looks and they know what you're doing. Right, He's right. like, Hey, no, you just, you, you go off and you do your thing and you do good deeds and whatever. And you don't worry about right, right. people recognizing you as yes. a pious person. Right, right. And that when you do that, it's like you're, you know, the people that do everything for their own glory their reward, so to speak, is here now. Mm-hmm. But if you just do things because it's the right thing to do, or, you know, in the, the religious aspect there, yes. um, you know, you pray and you do, you know, you fast and you do that because that's just what what you, you do because that's, you know, what you feel is the right thing to do. Well, then your reward is like in in the afterlife, you mm-hmm. know, or, or is in the future, you yeah. know? And so definitely, um, my religious faith, it, it, influ- of course it influences how I conduct my, myself yeah. every day. Right. And, uh, and yeah, there's, I, I do just, see that. Not just on Sunday. Yeah. Not just on <laughs> Sunday. No, no. You even, no. your partner was very gracious and showed me, um, uh, an altar, Mm-hmm. Uh, how how would you describe that just succinctly? 
Uh, well, our, we have an altar or, well, we have a chapel. We call chapel. it the chapel mm-hmm. of St. George, St. John, and St. Mary, because mm-hmm. he's John, I'm George, mother-in-law is Mary. Okay. And so that's, uh, and we have had, we're Episcopalian mm-hmm. and our priest has come in and, uh, has said mass there. We had a Latin mass there. Mm. And so we're so excited over yeah. that. And, uh, our religious uh community our our church uh it's like the rhythm of our life is built around the um the practice of our faith like right now we are in i noticed you had several bookshelves of hymnals oh yes yes we love hymnals yeah uh but yeah like we're in the season of lent right now Mm -hmm. moving up towards easter and so our family we we observe lent we um we have periods of fasting and uh certain prayer uh activities that we do and uh that's i just you know it it influences all aspects of our life and I can't imagine living in a way where I don't you know where I'm not practicing all of of these you know and um is that how your you and your partner got together yeah well okay okay, so we (laughs) Ours is just this crazy story, but um, uh, I'll send you the link for it. There was a thing called Grown Up Story Time that that the story of how we got together is so wild. I submitted it for this. All right, so it's already written up. Yeah, it's written up. But uh, (laughs) but anyway, um, he was a member of Trinity Episcopal Church, and then I I was raised Lutheran, but. Uh, there were some reasons that I left uh, the church that I was raised in and I started attending an Episcopal church. Mm-hmm. And um, then uh, my husband and I, uh, when we started dating, I went from that Episcopal church and joined Trinity, uh, which is where I'm a member now because that's where he was. Mm-hmm. And for me, it has nothing to do with like if I like the community, that's where I'm at. You sure. know, it's for it's about community, not specifically theology necessarily. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I I went the from there. yeah the minutia <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I went I I joined his church and uh, and then had uh, you know just some some not not pleasant experiences oh, and really? so I yeah, yeah so I went back to the Lutheran church. And was a member uh, for a very long time, and then we got married in uh, in his church. Uh, but I was still on the books a member of Trinity Episcopal and Salem Lutheran. Okay. So, uh, in in fact, to this day, I'm still a member of both. Okay. But what happened is we made the agreement. We said that we uh, we wanted to have a child. Be you know that was that was kind of uh, one of the agreements, uh, I said, you know, if we were going to get married or continue the relationship, it was contingent upon us being a family. I said, I want to be a parent. Okay. So we said that when we got to discuss at the beginning. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I said, if, if he didn't want to be a parent, then there's let's, let's break up now. There's no point to, to have this after we've been married a decade. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you do that? Yeah. So, um, we agreed that we didn't want to have a situation where it was 
dad's church and other dad's church and which one does the kid go to do they go on this week or this week you know it didn't make any sense to do that so because because john had been a member of trinity for uh, like 25 years and because with me it's not you know it's not so much about the the specific church it's just you know that that's I, I like the people there. Yeah. That's where I go. Yeah. Um, well, even though I had some, uh, you know, I I had some emotions surrounding, you know, being an active member of Trinity, I did agree that it made more sense mm. to go to the same church. Did you feel and, some hope that it could be worked on? Whatever oh, situation? yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. definitely. Okay. And so when when we got uh, our our foster teenager and we said we, we will we're going to be on the same page. We're going to go to the same church. If we're going to raise the child in a church, we, we need to be on the same page. Yeah. You know, we both need to do the same thing. So yeah, like we were saying earlier, the consistency. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. The yeah. consistency. And, um, and so that's how I am now just, uh, even though on the books, I'm still a member of Salem, mm. uh, and I still have my monthly pledge and everything to wow. them. Wow. Uh, but I'm, uh, attend and I'm a member of Trinity. Episcopal, well, that's really giving so. of you to give to two churches. Yeah. Yeah. No, Cause it's important, you know, yeah. and I talked to them, uh, had a good meeting. I was on church council and mm. very active. And I told all the people, I said, you know, I'm not ditching y'all. I said, you know, here's the situation. And they were all, the pastor was in support. Mm. And I said, but I still, and retaining my membership, I'm still retaining my, pl- you know, want mm-hmm. to pledge because this is a community that's very important to mm-hmm. me, even mm-hmm. though I'm not there right. anymore. Right. Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. 